Alright ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA. Thanks for joining us, all the new listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, there is a little bit of an announcement, there's going to be a slight difference to the pod today and that is because, as our regular listeners will know, technical issues are never never far behind. They follow us around like, what's the phrase, white on rice, we'll go with that. They follow us around like white on rice and this episode was no different, we did have some technical issues and unfortunately that means for the first minute or so... You are only going to hear my voice as Matt and I get stuck into the Rob Font, Cody Garbrandt fight at the weekend. Great victory for Rob Font. So, yeah, give it a minute or so and then you will get to hear Matt's dulcet tones. It's not just a podcast with me talking to myself. But, yeah, that's the warning. Otherwise, hope you enjoy the episode. Laters. Rob Font, we were kind of we were undecided, weren't we, going up against Garbrandt, Cody Garbrandt, former champ. He was young when he was champ, weren't he, as well? And I don't really know what's happened with Cody Garbrandt. He's almost... I don't know. Has, has he got a little bit of the the Kevin Lee's about him? He's, you know, he's got all the talent there. You would think he's got got good power. You know, he's good at good athlete. He's got all the skills and just can't just can't string those wins together. And on the other hand, Rob Font, he's got a little bit of the Charles Oliveira's about him, as I put out on Twitter the other day. He's kind of he's paid his dues and he Rob Font. He's been around and he, he's 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 had his took his losses and took his knocks and he's come back and he, he's what was he third in the world going into this one? I think he was and he picks up a. Pretty dominant victory, weren't it? It was basic fundamentals, really. Nice jab, solid right hands, good sort of takedown defence. Although, to be fair, maybe he needs to tighten up on that because Garbrandt did take him down a couple of times. But otherwise, good impressive win for Rob Font, I thought. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one because of that that rematch that's out there in the works. And then because you've got TJ and Corey, you know, they're, you're probably lining them up. Yeah, you're probably, you're probably lining them up they're probably a little bit ahead of Rob Font, I would say. Despite what the rankings and what the numbers say, I think they're just they're, those ones are a little bit Hollywood, aren't they? Those matchups they're a little bit showbiz. They got a little bit of something else. So for Rob Font, I guess the ball's probably in his court. I think he's done enough to earn the shot. Like he's there and he's earned it. It's just there's a couple of others that are probably a little bit ahead of him. So I guess it depends maybe on how the timings work out. You get you get Peter Yan and Sterling Sterling to do their rematch. Dillashaw, T, uh, Dillashaw, Sandag, and that's going to happen before then. Whoever wins that with a title shot potentially there waiting for them, are they going to want to face Rob Font in a number one contender? Is that yeah? Would that make sense to do that? I guess, I guess it probably would. If TJ beats Sandagen, you'd like to see him go against Rob Font, sort of uh, as as you know, like a face off to, to get the win. I see, yeah. So I guess that would make sense. I don't know. I'm think I'm looking at the UFC and I'm thinking maybe. Would it make sense to kind of hold on to the winner there? Say Sandagen won, keep him apart from Rob Font, and then just maybe keep them in reserve to take take on the winner of Sterling Yan, and then the loser of Sterling Yan could face Rob Font, maybe something like that. But name wise, I think it would do Rob Font a lot better going into a title fight to take the name of Sandhagen or TJ as well. So it's a perfect matchup time wise and rankings wise. So hopefully that's where they go with Rob Font, Cody Joseph. One and four in his last five. It's a it's a massive slip from from being champion of the world to to where he is now. Where do you see him going? I I couldn't tell you to be honest, Matt. I think probably now's the time. He might have to step away from these these top guys, the top five. If, if you think about it, I don't I, mean, I don't know how many years it has been since he won the title, but he's probably been three four years at it, five years even maybe yes against the best in the world non-stop, and it's kind of. It's almost like he hasn't really had that time to, to develop in a little way. He came through like, like a wrecking ball. Oh, the old Lady Gaga smashed it. 
young young as anything. I, I guess he was about 23 or something like that when he won the title. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's got all the talent, hasn't he? And he certainly, if he can put it together, he's got the market, market ability as well. So, tough one, that, isn't it? That is very tough. tough. Word, it doesn't even seem like a word when I'm trying to say it. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. I'd suggest maybe he needs to take a drop down and uh, try and rebuild a little bit. Absolutely. You make a really good point there, actually. Because I think going into that Dominic Cruz fight, there was a lot of talk of, this is far too early. He was smashing everyone, but this is far too early. He's going to lose it. I think he was only like 8, 9, 10 and 0, something like that. Not a lot at all. And from there, when you do that, when you win the title like that, you're only ever going to fight top guys. And as you said, he's missed his almost his development period. So he's only 29 now, but it seems like from a performance like at uh, the weekend, he just looks like he's really, really towards the back end of his career, doesn't he? But you've got to look into it also. I was looking, doing a bit of digging, Joe. He's, he's had a boxing career. He's only 29. Mm. He's had a boxing career went in his late teens, early 20s. He went up 30 and 0 as an amateur. So that's all got to rack up to, to take a toll on the body and the damage he's taken and the training, just all of that must culminate in this sort of performance and this slide that we're seeing him go through. Obviously, you've got the COVID thing as well. That may be playing a part, but this slide happened before that, didn't it? We've seen the dip in form. I really don't know where he goes next. Flyaway's been touted. Will that reinvigorate him, perhaps? I mean, it wouldn't do the body too much good to go and cut 10 pounds more weight either. So I know it's a really, really tricky one. You're seeing the likes of O'Malley calling him out. I don't really like that from O'Malley's point of view, going for someone who's just been beaten, who's on a 1-4, uh, one and four run at the minute. But from Cody's point of view, I think that's a great fight for him, really, because I think he's smashing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're certainly a, a, a O'Malley hater, as the kids would say. I'm not so. a hater, Joseph. <laughs> I just think he gets a bit more rub than perhaps others should do. That's all it is. <laughs> no, you're right. He's got you're Jake right, he Paul uh, calling him out as well. Nah, I'm a I'll take that fight. I'd, yeah, go and take that fight, I think, lad. Get your money. All right, yeah, don't know. That's a tough one, isn't it? It's tough. But congratulations, Rob Font, because he's uh, sort of changed. He's turned his career around, hasn't he, in his last few fights. So we'll move on to... This one actually opened up the main card. And I never know how I feel with these ones. Sometimes you put, like, the co-main event, open it up. And it was a good fight, so it set the card off nicely, to be fair. And Jack Manson came away with a win against Edmund Shabazian. Decision victory... Chabazian, although I do think he looked improved, I said, you know, we put it on it out on Instagram after his, his his last loss and the amount of time he's had in between it and how he lost, you know, he, he potentially could have improved a ton. And I, I do think he did improve a ton. I think he was winning the battle on the feet. And I think although Hermanson eventually did get the better of him on the floor and like to quite a large degree, I thought Chabazian looked better there than he has done than he, than he did against Brunson. But testament to Hermanson, isn't it? I think Hermanson's just a little bit of a different level in those positions with the ground and pounds, and he, he's not going away. He's had he's faced a little bit of adversity himself, Hermanson, hasn't he? He came out of nowhere into the top of those middleweight rankings, kind of almost got a title shot. He was right there, and then and then kind of had a couple of setbacks. But this one showed this this win at the the weekend. Although we didn't learn too much about him, uh, particularly he did what we always thought he would do and what he always has done really and like I say I don't think he was doing too well on the feet so he went back to the the best way to win so I'm not knocking him for that but nevertheless like I say great win against a very highly touted prospect and it, it shows he's not going away he's still ready to hang about in the top five there and try and work his way back up again I, I thought it was a very impressive performance at least not as you said he it weren't working in the first round it was like a tale of two hours wasn't it 
he was getting outclassed by Edmund on the season yeah. first round. It looked to me like, Jesus, this is Edmund 2.0 with the in. Hermanson looks like he's just two or three steps behind him at every point. Beginning that second round, the urgency, it just changed. The tactical switch was evident for uh, an idiot like me to look at. I could tell that he's just sort of, <laughs> right, right, no, this ain't working. I'm changing this up. And bang, straight in his face, gets him down. And he just adopted what we said, the Derek Brunson blueprint, which worked last time out, worked a treat. Third round, little bit of a slower start to him, but once he got him down, he, he was more brutal than the last round. So excellent performance high Hermanson. He's right back in the mix now. The only problem he's got is that no one's really available for him to fight at a minute. I mean, will Brunson and Till, it seems like that's going to get made, but there's a bit of will Till be back in time. So I think Hermanson's got to have his eye on either Till, which I'd like to see probably more than the Till-Brunson fight because they were going to make that anyway, or go for Brunson himself. There's no one really knocking about. Whitaker's not going to fight another fifth, sixth, seventh rank contender. He's going to weigh out for the title shot. So Hermanson, I think he's got to go for one of them top fivers there, top sixes in Till or Brunson. Edmund, in hindsight, I think this is a pretty rough fight to give him on his way back. He's, he's top ten, but he, need, he needs to take a step back now. He was a victim of his own success leading up to that Brunson fight, I think. And then he got a bit outclassed. He got exposed a little bit, didn't he, Joe? And that was only just the back end of last year. And to give him Hermanson after that's a pretty tough go. I get it in that, yes, it gets him straight back in there. But he's such a young young lad at the minute. He needs to build it up. Like we said with Cody, rushing him sometimes later down the line, it's going to cause a few issues. And hopefully with Edmund, they see that and give him perhaps a little bit more of a lower, uh, lower rank contender next time out. So... Yeah, lots of work to do on both sides, I think, perhaps, if they're really going to have any shot at a belt in the future going forward. But both showed uh, good talents in different parts of the game also. So a very good fight, an excellent win for Manson, and hopefully Shabazzian's back. And as we both know, Matt, you like to make sort of, um, you know, what should we call declarations, kind of uh, predictions every week. And there was another fight here, and it was Yan Zhao Nan. And you said she's on an impressive run, beat some good names win here and she's next in for a title shot she of course got stopped by Carla Esparza en route to that, that title shot that you so eloquently said she was going to get round 2 TKO for Carla Esparza and uh, she almost did what Jack Manson did in the second get, second round but <laughs> like from the word go in the first round of Esparza I mean, it, was almost, it was pretty much complete domination wasn't it so I think you were pretty right to be honest Yao Nan is a good prospect and has had some good wins and probably will end up getting a title shot one day, but Carla Esparza isn't messing around at the moment, and it's difficult to argue on that performance that she's not right in there now. I oh, absolutely battered. I think. <laughs> yeah. was, I've, got, I've got to be honest, I've never seen Xiaonan. Uh, Xiaonan? <laughs> Xiaonan, I think. Xiaonan. I've never seen a fight before, but I was just literally going off, all right, yeah, this is, a, this is a record. She's on quite a run. She's beating some really good, good girls in there. But Sparza, man, absolutely battered her. She's the forgotten girl of this whole division. You look at her record, five wins in a row now. Alexa Grasso, Walterson, Marina Rodriguez in there, now Yan. She's got to get a, night, really? uh, a title shot. Yeah. We, we put it out on Insta, got any questions? Cuppers MMA, shout out Cuppers. She says, does she deserve the shot now? You've got, you can't argue against it. She has to be next, surely. She's the first ever champion at strawweight. She's only really had two convincing losses, and that was when she lost it to Joanna and against Suarez, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Apart from that, she's she's always gone on a, a great run, Esparza, and Saturday she looked absolutely exceptional, and she'd be a real, real tough test for Rose, I think. 
No, I agree. I agree. And I think timing-wise, where she's at in her career, it's perfect. It's like, now's the opportunity to get her as far as her in there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Wait and see where she goes. I don't think anyone could say she doesn't deserve it, though. Another fight, I know you didn't you didn't happen to see too much of it. That was uh, Justin Taffer up against Jared Vandera. Now, Taffer is blockbuster. He went into this with a 4-2 and two record. I don't quite understand how he's in the UFC with that record, but he's had some good wins. Uh, he's an exciting fighter. He's... Uh, he's uh, he's a Mark Hunt. He comes out of that gym, that that kind of uh, crew. So he's, he's basically another Mark Hunt. And I, to be honest, I haven't seen uh, Jared Vandera fight before, but he put on a superb performance um, to outstrike Safa and land some big shots. You know, he wasn't he wasn't rushing to reach for a takedown or anything like that. Vandera outstruck him, so that was a fantastic performance. I thought as well. But I mean, I've given you a bit of stick there give myself a bit of stick. Ben Rothwell obviously was up against Barnett on this one. And he was due to fight a few weeks ago and that got called off last minute. And I said, you know, I, I, I feel like I don't really get that excited for Rothwell fights anymore. It kind of plods around for 15 minutes and nothing nothing too much happens. And arguably he did plod around for not two minutes on this occasion, a couple of rounds. But I have to say, I thought his, his striking looked pretty, pretty sharp, pretty effective. He looked like he was doing damage. And the submission, I'm not quite sure, but it was some sort of anaconda-type submission, I think. You know, that, that's what he's there for, isn't it? That's, he's, all, he's always dangerous in that regard, Rothwell. So, fair play. You took a bit of stick. I'll take a bit of stick now. Rothwell kind of answered all those questions, really. I love me from Ben Rothwell. I thought his striking looked superb. Uh, it looked good. He was, it, it was just, it was, it's just effective, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, all right, this, this is working. This is working like that body shot to, to old Barnett. Barnett's gut. Um, he was a metre shorter than him, so that's always going to be... Uh, <laughs> yeah, easier to sort of keep him at range. But when you look at Rothwell's career, 39 now, he's had some huge wins in his career. I do like him. He's a character, he's jokes. And it's nice to see him still developing because he's never really had great striking. The teams work on those sort of things. Yes, they're against a lesser opponent name-wise than what he's fought in his, uh, previously in his career, but he's... He's still there. He's still knocking about. And you know in these heavyweights, Joe, that division, that three or four wins were right in the mixer. But what I will say, uh, was it Christopher Barnett? Is that his name? Chris Barnett? Uh, I think so. It rings a bell. So, so I was just thinking, like, you, you were trying to, you, you were giving Mike Grundy a bit, a few pointers last week. A couple of little nuances he could change in his, in his approach <laughs> to his game right. plan. What, what would you have done for, for Barnett for, in this Rothwell fight? He was obviously, he had to make up, get inside and all that. He was, he was up against it, against a bigger man. What would you say that Barnett should have gone for? I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. Obviously, I've, I've, I saw a couple of highlights of him during the week, actually, and he's a, he's a striker. He's a flashy striker. I don't think there's much grappling there. And the size difference was, was ridiculous. But I, I actually thought he'd done okay. He'd done okay, considering the difference. He got in, he, he threw some shots, he landed a couple. Probably just needs to practice a bit more, doesn't he? Tying it up a bit. It was all, <laughs> it was all a little bit of haymakers, weren't it? Oh, that's brilliant! That is, that is quality. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you ain't got it, if you ain't got it at the moment, you ain't got it, have you? And he, he didn't have it to beat Ben Rothwell, I don't think, no matter what his game plan was. So, practice the same in the game, isn't it? You go in every day and try and get better, and he, he needs to tighten it up a little bit, I would say. The more more you practice, the luckier you get. Eh? Exactly, exactly. And then, very briefly, that is Matthew, what they say. very briefly, before we move on, we are massive fans of the flyweight division, and Bruno Silva been on a nice little run in there. He's probably one or two fights away from a fight against Deverson Figueredo, which would be fantastic because he absolutely sparked Victor Rodriguez in the first round. So something to look forward to there, Bruno Silva, and where his career takes us. 
who says they don't have power down there, eh? I've I really watched this. I, I, I skipped this one. I skipped a couple. You tell me you've got to watch this one, and I watched it this morning, and Kai enough caught him, didn't he? A couple of <laughs> times on. as well, not just yeah. once, a couple of times. So he looks ferocious as Bruno Silva. So, yeah, excite, always exciting the flyweight. So we love one, two, five all day long. Big time. All right then, Matthew, let's take a look at this week's news. actually got a ton ton of fight announcements here Matthew well first two we'll get into but then we've got some Brits we can uh, move on with Jose Aldo Pedro Munoz UFC 265 I don't think there's there's too much up for grabs here this is just a good quality old school matchup isn't it it is I think Aldo though any time he gets a win he's always in the conversation isn't he? he's one of those he's like Uriah Faber a couple of wins he's got the name they need someone to fight for the title. Yeah, Jose will do it. And they bring him <laughs> yeah. in. So I think a win here, it's going to be a tough ask. But for Aldo, to, I always thought he'd have that one fight at Bantamweight. That'd be it. There's no way he's making this weight because he used to struggle to make featherweight back in the day. And for him to still do it, fair play to him. And he's fighting the top tiers. He's done all right against Yan. Let's be honest. And Yan's probably the baddest man in that division. So this should be an absolute cracker-lacking affair. Nuno Sonaldo. Can't wait, man. I probably fancy Aldo in that one at the moment as well, but another fan favourite, Ryan Hall up against Ilya Tapuria, UFC 264. We don't see much of Ryan Hall, so hopefully this one goes through. Yeah, I like Tapuria as well. I think he's one of those who sort of broke through last year. I think he was on that card, Joe, that card you liked, that eight-fight card, remember last year, the one yep. you you picked as your card of the year? I think he was on there and I think he had an impressive performance. He's Spanish, isn't he, this fella, Tapuria? And def- as you say, European. Ryan Hall, we'll have that, we'll have that. <laughs> so, yeah. He'll get it done over Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall, you just don't know who's going to turn up, do you? I mean, he's just heel hooks and flashy kicks. That's all he's got. So can Tapuria solve that puzzle? That's the big question. Everyone thinks they can. Everyone comes up with a game plan. And ultimately, someone just gets heel hooks and taps. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see Ilya's approach to Ryan Hall. But you say he don't, he don't get in there often, does he, Ryan Hall? So that, that could work against him. But an excellent fight nonetheless. And then the three Brits that I mentioned, we've got Danny Roberts up against Tim Means, old Meansy boy. That one's on June the 19th. And you've got Lerone Murphy up against Charles Jourdain, August the 14th. And on the same card, Meatball Molly, Molly McCann up against G. Yeon Kim. That looks like they're on the London card, that's got to be, isn't it? So, yeah, always, always good to see Meatball. Always good to see Meatball. I think she's going to be up for this one. Disappointing result last time out, so she's definitely going to be chomping at the bit. In front of the London crowd, Lerone Murphy, likewise, he's on a bit of a run. Charles Jourdain, I think I've seen him fight a few times, decent fighter, so he's, he's slowly climbing those ranks, Lerone Murphy. And Danny Roberts means it, that's what fight of the night written all over it. When's Danny Roberts in a boring fight? Never. Tim Means, likewise, so that's just going to be an absolute war. Tough, tough go for Danny Roberts, that one. Don't think he's on any kind of run at the minute, so, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough draw for him. If he can get through that, he's right back in the mix again. So, yeah, looking forward to all three of those, Joseph. Definitely. I think Danny Roberts and Lerone Murphy, they're kind of... All right, Danny Roberts has had a couple of losses, hasn't he? I think Lerone Murphy's unbeaten at the moment. But these are kind of under-the-radar under the radar British UFC stalwarts at the moment. Obviously, some of your other big names get a lot of attention, and rightly so, Leon Edwards and uh, Darren Seal, to, to name a couple. But these two are quietly carving themselves out a name as being proper, proper solid UFC fighters. So, looking forward to those. Another one we've I got... I agree more that, Jason. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. So, um, another one we got Sean Brady up against Kevin Lee. So Kevin Lee's moving up to welterweight July the tenth. Sean Brady, I think, I think he's 
fourteen and oh, something like that, put a couple of decent wins together. So uh I don't think they I don't think they're giving Kevin Lee one here. I kinda of mentioned it earlier. Similar similarly to Cody Garbrandt, Kevin Lee got all of the tools and we've seen a lot of them on display to be honest, but for whatever reason can't quite put the wins together. So up at Welterweight that one, maybe maybe that'll be the change he needs. I know, he's up and down like Tower Bridge, Joe, isn't he, Kevin <laughs> Lee? So he, he is the 165-er. There's no getting away from it. He's the one who needs that division. And I just can't, I can't see him making a run at either because of that reason alone. He's going to go on a run at welterweight and then just come a cropper against someone who's just that much bigger and stronger. I mean, like an Usman and someone like that. Down at lightweight, same thing, but he's just going to gas every time. It's, it's a really tricky one for Kevin Lee. Hopefully he goes, does go on a little bit of a run, because I do like him. He's a very good character. He's got all the tools, as you say. But he, he is not getting an easy draw here in Sean Brady. So that's going to be a, a tough test for him, and we're going to see where he's at at 170. And Daniel Rodriguez has become a little bit of a cult hero here at Mustard MMA. If uh, our regular, regular listeners will remember that before his last fight, Matt came on and just absolutely slated him, said he was shit, said he ain't got a chance. And he went out and put on a clinic the next day. July 17th, he's up against Abubakar Namagomedov. Um, so he's he's from where you would think he's from. It's the same sort of camp you would think he's from. Another one, Matthew. I might as well finish these three and then. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to. I want to clear up about the D Rod thing. <laughs> I think I think what I actually did was put Mike Perry in an acker. Uh, I don't I don't think I slated D Rod <laughs> till the cows come home. Not on an, an official capacity, anyway, on a recorded uh, podcast. Uh, that might be where I'm mistaken, then. That might be where I'm mistaken. It was, just, uh... just out in me. You can't, <laughs> you can't out what that. That is breaking uh, guy code, isn't it, eh? Oh, yeah. Joseph, this is your... I was thinking the other day, no, Joe, I was thinking, where, where is this bloke? He ain't full. He ain't retired, surely, because he's quite a young lad. And then up it pops, MMA fighting, Doho Choi, this Korean superboy, Joseph, one of your old, <laughs> old favourites. I mean, yeah. this is years ago we're talking now. He's back July the 31st against Danny Chavez on a free fight losing streak uh, featherweight here, Dohu Choi. But always exciting, always brings it. Hopefully he's come back in some kind of new version of himself. He's fixed some of his wrongs in his game and the things he could have worked on. Hopefully he comes back as a just a new man, reinvigorated, relight the fire. Can he do it? I'm, I'm buzzing to see him. Because uh, can you imagine a Korean superboy firing all cylinders, just jumping back into that featherweight division and the matchups he can make. It would be an absolute absolute carnage, some of them fights. I'm really looking forward to that one, Joseph. What do you make of it? The Korean Superboy's back. Yeah, do you know what? When I had to double-check. It's been so long, I had to double-check which one it was. I thought, I recognise that name, Duo Choi. And yeah, good fighter, isn't he? I don't know, I don't know has he been doing national service or something like that? It's been, it's been that long. It might be one of those jobs. I mean, you put two and two together, that probably is the reason but you don't know I think no. he, he had some wars and he? he had that fight with Cub Swanson it must have been about four or five years ago now and that must have taken it out of him I think he had a couple of others maybe there's something to do with that who knows but nonetheless he's back and hopefully he's firing again and then to finish us off this one has been announced and they've got plenty of time to get themselves ready for this one Tiago Santos up against our boy Johnny Walks September 25th as I say so Quite a little while to wait, but again, bit of a dream matchup, isn't it? It's one of those ones. You put out your dream card last week. This one didn't quite make it, but I would suggest if you were going to do a, you know, no championships on the line, just just fun fights. Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker wouldn't be far off the list. This is 
it's bizarre they've done it four months out for a start. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the thinking is there. That's definitely going to fall out. But what a fight that is. And it's a fan, what an opportunity for Johnny Walker, by the way. Not on the greatest of runs himself. On the precipice of the top ten, really, in, in light heavyweight when we thought he was the, the new coming of Jesus. But win over Santos, yes, he's not a great run himself, but he, he's not that far removed from a title shot himself. So win here for Walker, it bumps him right up. But the fight itself, that's just, you don't really want to blink at all. No toilet break here because someone's going to get knocked out. You've got to think, surely, because that's just an absolute firework there. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable fight. I think that's the main event as well. Cannot see that going past three rounds, mate. And that takes us nicely on to the entertainment section, brought as always to you by your girl, Lorraine Kelly. The first news, it's, it's not that entertaining, to be honest, Matt. And that is Jacare. Jacare Souza, he's been cut from the UFC. He obviously had his arm snapped in half. And to soften the blow, the UFC went, well, you're out of a job now as well. So, bit of a shame. He's, he's a legend. I don't, know if he, I don't think he won the, the belt, did he, in the UFC, Jacare? But always there and thereabouts. Probably, arguably, he's in that list that every sport has, really. And it, it would be like, you know, the, the best to never win a title or the best to never win a championship and I would say Jacare is in there he's got the jiu-jitsu uh, credentials and and medals as well outside of that so I think I think it was coming I think it's probably a good time I think he was kind of scrabbling around a little bit Jacare trying to find a weight class trying to find a way to to hang on uh, but in the end it, you know as all good things do it has come to an end so you know, I would say congratulations on the retirement. Who knows where he's going to go from here? He's obviously going to be out for a little while, isn't he? But any final thoughts on Jacare? I think you've covered everything there, Joe. I think it was time. It's just another another huge name, another legend leaves the sport, well, the UFC at the very least this this year. It's, it's been a lot of them. It's a big turnover of the legends and the passings of the torch. But Jacare, I do think it was time. He's won the obviously I think he's won the strike force belt, but not the big one, the UFC. He was when you see him get knocked out to Kevin Holland the way he did. It was pretty unusual. You wouldn't really expect him to get knocked out like that. And then you see him getting submitted. I think he got submitted by Hamanson. To get he don't get submitted. That's not his thing at all. He shouldn't be getting submitted, Jacare, in his uh, <laughs> in his heyday. So yeah, I, I think it's high time that he did retire. He's had a fantastic career, one one the greatest to ever do it. Not only in MMA but in jiu-jitsu as well. He's laid the groundwork for future fighters back in Brazil and and that all sorts. So he's a fantastic fighter, an absolute legend. Sad to see him go, but it's, at the same time, I'm glad he's retiring because you don't you don't want to see him get knocked out or submitted every other fight. You know what I mean? So yeah, congratulations on the retirement, Mr. Jacare. Someone who's gone out on their own terms in the same week it is Paul Felder. He was there commentating at USC at the weekend. He announced it on air. They did a little, put a little video together and that as well. And obviously Paul Felder is just a legend, isn't he? He's a, he's he's one of the best characters in the USC. He's a fantastic commentator. Seems like a lovely bloke. And and we're gonna, probably going to be seeing a lot more of him now uh, in terms of commentary and things like that. And I think again with Paul Felder, I had a look at his record earlier. A little bit up and down, some good wins, some tough losses, you know, some kind of heartbreaking losses in there as well. But I do think the the type of fighter that Paul Felder is, these are the ones that I do kind of admire the most in lots of ways. I think you see these people come through unbeaten, maybe they lose one and two, they're a championship, they're fighting for the title every year. 
they're great stories and they're, the, the talent is there to be admired, no doubt about it. And the, obviously the work ethic and stuff is there as well. You need to be a full package. But fighters like Paul Felder who, you know, they don't get that glory as such, but they're not doing it. Well, they are doing it for that. Obviously, I'm sure he had hopes and dreams of becoming a world champion. But I think the the, the story of these one these fighters going through the ups and the downs and, you know, still loving it, even without the glory at the end of it, they, they get to the end and they loved it for what it was. But, you know, for me, it's almost a more intriguing story a lot of the time. So shout out to Paul Felder. He certainly left his mark on the USC and he's going to be there commentating for a long time yet as well. He, he's just one of those... But just you just know is a nice bloke. There's no airs <laughs> yeah. or graces. There's no you could you know when you can just tell. No, there's yeah, not definitely. fake nice. It's not it's not the presenter American TV presenter nice where they're just all happy and bubbly. So you can just tell he's a nice guy. But I wouldn't know this before he was put on commentary and they said Felder's commentating on this one. I'm like Paul Felder. Like, yeah, he's yeah. such an ordinary looking geezer, pale white guy, just normal everyday bloke. Fantastic fighter, violent as hell. One of the most technical strikers you'll ever see. I'll never forget when he fights when he first come through against Edson Barboza and Britain's Ross Pearson. He lost them both narrowly, but he, I thought this geezer's he's some striker, and he went on to get some great wins. None, none more so than the one over the current champion, Charles Oliveira, who he said you're not getting this one back. So he, he's got that one in his yeah. back pocket for and a, he a beat Barboza, avenged that loss as well, didn't he? He did avenge that loss, yeah. Good, good, good memory there, Joseph. But I think what is most indicative of his legendariness is that RDA fight, isn't it? Five days' notice or whatever it was, yeah, yeah. Fight Island just just took a beating basically for twenty five minutes. It's actually a split decision. Somehow he got a, got a, got a rub from one of them judges, <laughs> but that was just Paul Felder to a T, wasn't it? And he, he flirted with retirement after that Dan Hooker war. He went through another war in that RDA fight. I think he's looked close hand, like we just mentioned with Jack Ray, with Ferguson recently, with Cowboy. Uh, I think he can see where it's headed if he carries on like this, and he, he knows how the story ends. And I think it's quite admirable of him to go just a little bit earlier. Um, if you're not going to win the belt, what's the point of putting yourself through this? Obviously, these are all family men. They've got other things to worry about. And now he's got a foot in the commentary booth, and he's really, really good at it. He could be here for years to come, keep his faculties in check, and he, he's got another career ahead of him. He's at the start of a better journey. And a drum that you've been banging for a little while, Matthew, Tatiana Suarez, you've been saying she should move up to flyweight, and that is what she plans to do. She's been out for a while. I think there was quite a serious injury there, surgery perhaps. So she's recovered from that. I saw she did an interview the other day, and she's moving up to flyweight. Yeah, completely forgot about her. Much like a Korean <laughs> superboy, but a neck... Neck injuries just kept her out for a long, long time. We always thought this was the champion in waiting. Female Khabib, she was touted as down at strawweight. Obviously, she's got quite a steep credential in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. And you throw that into the mix at 125 pounds, which, let's be honest, it does need, it is a new division. It needs, it needs talent to challenge at the top of the tree. And it might be the foe that Shevchenko needs. I mean... You've got the striker in Valentina Shevchenko, the, the deadly striker who's growing in her grappling fight by fight with someone who's just a pure grappling animal machine in Tatiana Suarez. If she can come back unscathed, obviously she's been out for a long time, and next a, a tricky one in it. You've got to 
you've got to be fully functional in your neck if you're going to be some kind of dominant wrestler in MMA. And if she's still, if she's working fully, 100%, and she's up firing as she was back um, a couple of years ago at Strawweight, she can adopt that in the flyweight division. She's going to run through the contenders. And, mate, in a couple of years, I think Valentina versus Suarez is, is your headliner for a, the flyweight title. And we also had some Bellator going on at the weekend. It was part of my bedtime, but I know I know you caught a few. And fortunately, slightly disappointing night for the British hopes. Yeah, I settled in on Friday night. I was really struggling to find this on BBC iPlay. I, what, so what I did before, though, Joseph, I was watching The Sherpa on Netflix. You, have you ever seen this? Don't believe so, no. The Sherpa. It's about Sherpas, believe it or not. Okay, strange. You think you got you think you got you think you got a tough job. Watch the Sherpa. <laughs> and then it'll make you uh, be happy to sit uh, at your desk in the morning. Proper 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 men then, mate, let me tell you. But anyway, I got you in the mood for some Bellasaur, did it? <laughs> it did. Climbed <laughs> that mountain, I thought I'm gonna watch some Bellator now. <laughs> no, I was getting a bit tired, so I thought I'd go to bed. But then I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll try iPlay, get the, get the Bellator on. It just started, the prelims, about half ten. So it was pretty early on, on a Friday night. So And it actually opened with Alfie Davis, Brit, fighting against an Alexander Shabley, Russian fella. He, he got a bit out of class on the feet. Davis is known as being a, a fantastic striker, karate background, kickboxing background. Uh, Shabley looked impressive. Oh, damn it, man. It's just a poor, poor <laughs> star for... Uh, for the Brits, uh, we'll get we'll get we'll get this going. Now Brett Johns is next. Lovely Shabley, you could say. Hey, Lovely Shabley. Lovely Shabley. <laughs> I thought you were referring to Brett Johns. I thought <laughs> that was your Welsh accent. I was <laughs> like, what are you doing? Lovely Shabley. Anyway, Brett Johns, top fifteen ranked bantamweight in the UFC. He's fighting a fellow I've never heard of. He, he'll get it done. Danny Sabatello, Italian American bloke, reminds me of Phil Baroni for all you old school fans. Just come and just, just rode him for 15 minutes. It was a, a grappling clinic out of ATT. Mike Brown in his corner. And it was very, very impressive. And Brett Johns gets off to the worst possible start. <laughs> the disastrous start to his Bellator career. And then I've turned it off after that. I couldn't watch anymore. And I looked at the results the next day. And I see Fabian Edwards has lost to Paige Van Zandt's boyfriend. Yeah. So yeah. Not, not, a, not, a great, not a great night for the Brits, the notable Brits at least. When it comes to the men at Bellator, Leah McCourt got a win by a triangle Northern Irish girl, so she flew the flag for the Brits. But not a great night for, for Britain, Joseph, at Bellator at the weekend. What can I say? Yeah, a tough one. What tough one. I but say? Leah McCourt, I think, is showing a, a lot of a serious promise in there. So I think she's won quite a few in a row now, so that's definitely one to keep your eye out for. Fabian Edwards, I mean, to be fair to Paige Van Zandt's boyfriend... Uh, he seems to be quite good, you know. He, he's picking up some good wins, so fair play there. Brett Johns, has the have Bellator done a bit of a number on him on there? Take him out of the UFC, put him up against one of our fighters, show you that we we can compete with the UFC. Who knows? That's a little bit conspiracy theory-esque. And yeah, Alfie Davis, early doors, isn't it? Early doors. So, unlucky there, but, you know, again, nice to see there's plenty of British fighters out there in all the promotions as well. Yeah, not only that, I think it's also good to see just the competition. It's like, oh, well, we've beaten Brett Johns, who was top 15. Obviously, we wanted him to win. But we've got our own homegrown star, as as it were, beating them. So it's not all about the UFC. There are, we are competitive. We've got we've got the fighters here as well. So it might sort of, it might convince the UFC to up their game a little bit, or fighters who have contracts coming to an end to, to maybe look elsewhere. So iron sharpens iron. So the more competition, the better all round. But 
Hopefully the Brits will bounce back from that. And well done, Liam McCourt. Joseph, we cannot end on a sour note, a bad note of the Brits losing. You give us some good news. Give us some good news that we can wrap up with. So obviously, there's no UFC this weekend, nothing to preview. Joseph, lighten up everybody's day. Yeah, so we were debating throwing this in, weren't we? And it is the news that uh, Diego Sanchez has officially parted ways with Josh Fabia. And I think on the face of it, on the face of it, it is kind of good news. It should it should put a little smile on your face. But I think you know, it's, it, what's 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 done is done now. You know, Diego, Diego Sanchez didn't get that dream last fight. He got booted out of the UFC. Uh, by all accounts, he's 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 pissed a few people off for like who have stuck out for him. So. I don't know, let's assume that he's woken up and he, he smelt the coffee and he's decided, yeah, it's time to get rid of him. It's a little bit little bit too late, probably. So um, as much as it is good news, I mean, we don't, we're only guessing, we don't know the details. You can only assume from what's gone on that it's probably for the best that they part ways. Uh, but yeah, just a shame that it ruined his final moment, really, in the USC. I know that's not really the uh, the upper that you were looking for, Matt. Just, you know when to kick a man when he's down, <laughs> don't you, Joe? I mean, I, I think it's good news. I think they're both obviously very, very spooky characters. You don't know who's, you know, strange. Yeah, that's probably a better word for it. But you don't know who's actually the matter of the two. It might be Fabio was normal all along and it was Diego <laughs> who, was, who was odd. But I, I can see Diego coming back here. And let, and, Unless they just fight each other under some weird promotion, maybe in Triller or something. I think they'll welcome back Diego. I think they'll say, all right, he's seen the air of his ways. I don't know what he's done, but like bring him back for his one last fight against the Cowboys. Like that. I think yeah. that'd be a nice nice way to sort of wrap up uh, a, a nice career that yeah, he's had yeah. at UFC. Because it is a legend. He's, he's had God knows how many fights. 2005 his debut, I think. 2006, something like that. That's mad. 15 years. They've got to give him something on the way out. Yes. He's a bit mad, and he's made some questionable decisions, what with people he surrounds himself with and stuff. But at the end of the day, he's put so much into that company, blood, sweat, tears, money when, with regards to his camps and stuff like that. Give him what he deserves. Bring him back for one more, and let's send him off with a farewell properly. And then very briefly, to, to wrap up, Matthew, you did mention there is no UFC card this weekend. It's been a little while. Are you glad for the break? I think I am. I think I am. I think what's what's the one after though? That's that's the thing. When there's a break and then there's a big pay per view after, I think I'm bang up for it. But it's a it's a fight night. I will find myself at a bit of a loose end. Yeah, it's Augusto Sakai, and he's up against let me check Rosenstrike. You got Walt Harris on there as well. You got Roman Delizzi, Ponzinibbio, Tom Breeze. So uh, it is a fight night, but it's a good one. Ah, uh, Mason Jones is on there as well. That's I think. it. So, yeah, yes. it's, it's definitely some. Some British interest on there. Heavyweights are heavyweights. Something's going to happen there. So it's definitely fan-friendly fight. So I'm looking forward to that one. Should be a good one. I think I think I am glad of the break, show. Yeah, I, I think... not to sound too bad. I think a little think break here sometimes. A little bit of respite. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Just a little break. Just just so it doesn't almost become a little bit monotonous, I guess. You know, like even the football season. We watch it every week and then you have the summer break. It makes it all that more, all that more, much more exciting when it comes back, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's not like it's a big wait, is it? It's a week where we ain't got one. So, I think you're right. I do make you right there. I do make make you right, Matthew. But we will have to wrap it there, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Obviously, go out and enjoy yourselves without the UFC to stay up for. Check us out on uh, Twitter, Mustard MMA, Instagram at the Mustard MMA. 
mustardmma.com for all your latest blog posts. Matt put a cracking one out there last week. Got a lot of traction with that one. So thank you everyone for getting involved on the Insta and all that business as well. Otherwise, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.